Opinions expressed in this episode are personal. They do not necessarily reflect the views of this streaming platform. Good day, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Let's Be Diverse. I am your host, Andrew Stout. This episode is dedicated to all my loved ones who have supported me through this journey. So an interesting thing that I was talking about this past week was the fact of companies receiving resumes. And somebody that I spoke to talked about the possibility of people actually not telling the truth or lying on their resume. So I thought, hmm, what an interesting topic to get into. So I thought I would get into this today. And I was looking for the perfect person to discuss this topic with me. And I believe I found her. So her name is Crystal Coloni. Now, Crystal is an experienced regional sales executive with a company called Alliance Risk Group. During the week, you can find Crystal supporting the sales team and prospecting for new clients, making phone calls, responding to emails, and educating potential clients during risk reviews. Because of her experience in the industry, she is highly knowledgeable about the various applications for screenings and all-around risk management. Crystal believes that providing an exceptional experience for every customer she speaks with creates a positive change in the background screening industry. In addition, she is passionate about achieving success both personally and professionally by living the core values of integrity first, being successfully engaged, maintaining a positive attitude, and having a passion for excellence. She achieved her PBSA certification in record time and is also a member of various groups and associations. Outside of work, Crystal enjoys spending time with her family, spending time at her camp in the Andorodic Mountains, and working out with her Burn Boot Camp family. When I first met Crystal, I just hit it off with her right from the get-go. She is a super compassionate and authentic individual, and I'm so happy to have her. Welcome to the show, Crystal. Thank you for coming on. It's a pleasure having you on today. Thank you, Andrew. It's a pleasure to be here today. I really appreciate that. That was very nice words that you said about me. So I'm, I'm really happy to be here. It's exciting. Oh, it's exciting to have you here. Tell us what's going on in Crystal's world these days. What's new? What's happening? How's work? How's home? How's everything? Yeah. So we talked a little bit before, as you know, I've been on crutches now for 19 days. It's getting old. I had some foot surgery December 1st, and now we're coming to the end of it. Hopefully Thursday, get in my walking boot. And especially this time of year, I have wrapping to do. I have Mm -hmm. some more shopping to do. I have things to do. So I need to get up and get going. So I live in a small town in upstate New York called Waterford, born and raised there. I have two daughters and I have two bonus daughters. So there's a total of four girls. Our oldest are 25. Then we have a 22-year-old and an 18-year-old. So you can imagine how much fun the house is with all Mm -hmm. these women. (laughs) Oh, I bet. And my significant other's name is Andrew as well. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I started with Alliance Risk Group about a year and a half ago. And I've learned so much in this last year and a half. My CEO, Mario Pecoraro, he started the company in 2005. And we are growing significantly. We specialize in all risk mitigation. My 
background is in the background investigating side of it. So we do background Mm -hmm. screenings, but we also do claim solutions, investigations, and adjusting process service. So we're your one-stop shop when it comes to all risk mitigation. I love it. I love all of that. I'd love to hear that you are on the mend, especially around this time of year. You want to be doing your stuff. You want to be moving. And let's face it, there's Christmas shopping, but there's a lot of sales going on. So you want to be taking advantage of that. Absolutely. I'm sure. And I have actually been in your area. So I'm originally from Montreal. So I am a hop, skip and a jump from where you are. So I've been in that area and I know that the shopping is pretty good. I frequented quite often shopping with family and friends, groceries and stuff. So yeah, it's a good place to be. Absolutely. I've been to Montreal several times. I actually went to Plattsburgh State University. So we were oh. hop, skip and a jump from Montreal. <laughs> oh, so before we begin, let's ask you this. Going to Plattsburgh University and you said you hop, skip and jump from Montreal. Was it to head out to like famous streets like Crescent Street and St. Catherine Street or... Let's put it this way. I was not of age in the United States to have some Mm -hmm. beverages, but I was in Canada. (laughs) So it was a lot of fun. (laughs) That's what I expected. That's exactly the answer I was expecting. I don't remember street names, Andrew. You just remember the bars. So before we begin, Crystal, I always have a fun, thought-provoking question to ask my guests to get things going. Are you ready for yours today? I've been thinking about this for days, so I am ready. Okay, okay. Crystal, my question is, in your opinion, why is room temperature used as a measurement of warmth when not all the rooms have the same temperature? Wow. I, w- I was not expecting that one. Do I get to think about this for the whole time and then we'll go back to it? Or do you want my answer right now? <laughs> we can, or you can, if you have a quick answer, we can do that too. I think room temperature is different for everyone. So it's what's your comfort. So maybe they mm. use it as what your comfort level is, your room temperature level. That's what I think. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but that's how I always see it. Your room temperature is your comfort level, your temperature level. I will tell you that these questions, there's never any right or wrong answer, <laughs> but I will tell you that I am super impressed on a whim that you gave that answer with quick thoughts. I, I'm, I'm super impressed. That was a really well thought out answer. Well, super impressed. <laughs> so thank you for having fun with me. I really appreciate of that. Course. I probably enjoy those more than the guest just because I like to hear the answers. It's super fun for me. So I know you delved into a little bit of what you do at your company and stuff. But what I'd like to do is start off with you telling us a little bit about you, your story, and your why. I have been in sales for a really long time. Probably, I always say my whole life because I started at a really young age working in my parents' restaurant. When you're in a restaurant, you're always selling, right? Do you want to Mm -hmm. add fries with that? Do you want a a drink with that? I feel like I've been in sales for just a really long time. Then I went into the insurance world of sales. And what brought me to Alliance Risk Group was I wanted to expand. I had I was doing insurance sales for a really long time. And I don't know, listeners out there that live in New York State know that New York State, there's a lot of changes that go on when it comes to the insurance laws. And we are behind. And I was really looking for something more. I was a single mother for a long time. Sales was a great way to make money. And I also was able to attend 
functions for my children. I was able to make my own schedule. I didn't want to miss out on their activities when they were in school, their sporting events. So that was a really big why for me was Mm -hmm. just making sure I could keep that work home family balance really balanced. And Mm -hmm. it also made me more responsible with time management, like just all the things that you don't learn in school, but you should be, right? Mm -hmm, We should mm -hmm. be learning these things. So I had to really Mm -hmm. teach myself a lot of that. I was the first one in my family to ever go to college, which is a great accomplishment. Both my parents were professionals. My father was a police officer, but they didn't have to go to college back then. My mom was a paralegal and had to just take some courses. So as far as like having a college degree, I was the first one in the family. Of course, I'm not using the college degree, what I went to school for but that's okay. So I think that the biggest why for me is definitely being able to just be there for my children when they needed me, watching them grow, watching them really flourish into the women that they are today. Both their fathers are amazing people, wonderful men in their lives. We definitely had a great relationship when it came to parenting together. I would definitely say that's my biggest why for sure. So much that I want to pack into from what you had said to me. First off, Congratulations on in my mind for figuring out and adapting to the situation that you were in and figuring out how you wanted to continue on specifically professionally that you were in sales and I know sales is sales but going from one type of industry to another type of industry sometimes it can be difficult for some people to adapt to so you adapted to that situation by far. And the second thing that you said to me was that you're not doing what you studied in school. I'm a firm believer today. Years ago, it used to be that you studied what you studied. You went to work. You got you know, the house with the white picket fence, car. Mm-hmm. You got married, kids, whatever. And you spent 20, 25, 30 years with that company. And then you're retired. Mm-hmm. Those days are not happening anymore. And I think it's because people are realizing that they're not happy with what they're doing or what they studied. And then it's okay to go into something and study it and decide that you don't want to do it. You don't want to be doing something for the rest of your life and be miserable at it Mm -hmm. and hate going into work every day. You know, it's important to be going into something that you like to go to and not getting up and driving and dreading the fact that you have to go into that location. So I believe that is super important. So those were things that kind of came out at me. And you sounded like you were a good mom, but you were wanted to be there for your kids. You knew you had to support them. And I feel like, again, today, that people that are looking for companies to work for, especially candidates, This is what they're looking for. It's not just the paycheck. They want to know what the environment is. Is it a safe work environment? Am I going to enjoy it or am I going to hate it? Mm -hmm. What's the values of the company? Do they have anti-bullying policies or what what policies do they have to make life safe for and enjoyable for their employees? I truly love what you said for sure. It's funny you say that too, because I work with a lot of HR professionals and they see most candidates coming in, that's like their biggest question is, what is your work family balance? What is your work life balance? Like they'd rather take less money to be able to have that balance. So it's very important today. I talked to a lot of candidates and I've talked about this on a lot of episodes that I've done and a candidate will decide by 
the questions that they ask, the answers that are given to them, they will decide if that company gives them an offer or not, whether they're going to accept it just by those answers. Mm -hmm. Because they'll walk out and they'll be like, wow, I feel really comfortable about this place or I'm not sure. I think I'm going to keep looking. So they'll decide right away and they haven't even gotten an offer yet. Absolutely. I always say go with your gut. Your gut doesn't lie. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So today we are delving into lying on a resume. Mm -hmm. So what I want to know from you is why do people lie on their resume? It's funny. Why do people lie? Because they think they can get away with it. They don't Mm -hmm. think they're going to get caught. People lie because they really think they're never going to get caught. They're going to get away with it. That's the first thing. People also want to appear more qualified for the position that they're applying for, maybe for a higher salary, or also we find that if people have a big gap in their employment, they don't necessarily want to put on there that gap. So they may lie about the dates that they were at a specific job or career. We find there's two different lies that we're going to see on resumes, lies of omission and lies of commission. Lies of omission, they're going to leave things out of their resume that they don't Mm. feel the employer should know. And then your lies of commission are just telling a lie, just completely false statements. They know they're making this false statement. So yeah, I mean, nobody lies because they want to get caught or think they're going to get caught. And it is estimated like half the people lie on their resumes. That's 50% of probably the resumes coming in. There's some kind of either blatant lie or just they're leaving something out. Yeah. So that's amazing to me because when you think about it, when you're starting at a company, you're going in and the first day you're doing an orientation, you're sitting with the manager and they're going over stuff, getting you to sign a, a whole bunch of paperwork. And then most good leaders will discuss the clear expectations that they have for the employee. Once you're saying these clear expectations, you think that you'd be thinking, sitting in there and going, can I actually do this? Or Mm -hmm. I said that I can do that, but am I actually going to be doing that? And I can understand people padding a little bit. I get that. Talk to a lot of people this week and a lot of people are transitioning to different careers. For example, a lot of teachers, especially in Canada, are transitioning from teaching to another career. Mm -hmm. So what you do is you take a certain portion of your resume or your experience, and you put it in. So let's say you're going from a teacher to let's say you want to become a recruiter. You're taking certain things that you learned as a teacher, and you're putting it into that resume. So good listening skills, adaptability, that type of stuff is stuff that I would put on to be a recruiter. Now, they're not going to have everything there. They're maybe not going to have the schooling or that type of stuff, but they will have certain things. So I can understand that. But when you're talking about Saying you have a bachelor's in or you graduated in HR from a university when you didn't, it's it's just going to come back and bite you. Yeah. And think about it too. When let's say you get offered the position, you accept the position, you go in for orientation and that manager starts maybe asking some questions and you have to now remember the lies that you started with. So it's just a bad idea all around. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. My late mother always told me a lie always turns into another lie. And then the next thing you know, you have 10 lies. And like you said, you just can't remember the first lie. 
it just gets to that point where you can't remember the first lie. So you're almost lying about the first lie. And then you're like, oh, you said this. No, I didn't. So it's a continuous circle of lies and it it just never ends well for sure. Absolutely. Judge Judy says it best. She says, if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember. What is the biggest lie that you've found on a resume or what is a lie that you've heard or seen on a resume? So it's funny you just brought up bachelor's degree in HR. So education is absolutely the number one thing that people lie about on their resume. They may say they're college educated, but they don't have a degree. They may say, oh, they have a bachelor's degree from a university, but they really only have an associate's degree because they think that, for example, the company or if they hire somebody like us to do these screenings, we're going to call and say, did they receive a degree from your institution and they're just looking for a yes or no answer. So they feel like they Mm -hmm. can get away with it. So we're specifically going to ask what type of degree, what year and all of those questions, but it's definitely education. People lie about Mm. the, the education, the certifications, the licenses, everything when it comes to that situation is probably the biggest thing we see. And that surprises me because why not just say what you did? If you have a certificate in project management, why say you have a degree? And I know there's a little bit of a difference, but why not be honest with the employer and tell them from the get-go? I think it's because I feel like people might do it, Crystal, because when they see a job posting and they see a bachelor's in this or degree in this, they feel like they're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. A lot of companies, when they're posting a job, they post these things and they put bachelors or what have you. And a lot of situations they're hoping, and I'm not talking about high vice president, director right. positions. Majority of those positions, they're asking for something in particular, but it's almost like a wish list. They're looking for that, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get it because then it might come down to salary and somebody with a bachelor's in whatever. I seen a job once years ago, they're looking for a bachelor's degree in, I can't remember what it was, but it was a bachelor's and they were looking for five years experience on top of that. And then the salary was like 30 grand. So you're not going to get somebody with a bachelor's degree who has five years experience in project management to go and do that job for $30,000. So Absolutely. that's just, so that's just a, I think a wish list that they're putting on there, yeah. but they want to see what kind of candidates they will get and who would fit well in the organization. Yeah, I agree. And it's funny that you brought that up as well with the, the experience and people do lie about their experience, but I know, for example, my stepdaughter, recently graduated from college, from Plattsburgh, actually. And she had a hard time finding a job because people want all this experience. And what do you expect these college graduates just out of college? They don't have five years experience. So they, they might, she did not do this. So I'm just making that clear, but they might make it look like they do on their resume just to give them a chance. It's just, it it could go both ways, like the the education, the experience. So people are going to make themselves look better on the resume than they actually are, which sounds terrible to say, but it's the truth of the matter. (laughs) Right. For sure. So 
Can an employer see when someone is lying on their resumes? Can they tell? So good question, because this is where my position, Alliance Risk Group, comes into play. Because yes, most employers are conducting some form of background screening on their potential candidates, typically a pre-employment. Okay. So it's contingent upon the background screening, if you get the position or not. So for example, with resumes, we can check their education. So we're going to call, we're going to check. We're also going to reach out to references. Okay. Mm -hmm. The references Mm -hmm. they put on there. And we both know you're not going to put somebody on there who's going to give you a bad reference. A lot of employers are asking for references from a past employer and personal. Okay. But definitely we are going to do a very thorough background investigation and it's going to include any license check, any education checks, anything like that. So yeah, they're going to find out eventually Mm -hmm. that you Mm -hmm. lied. Mm -hmm. And also just doing a thorough interview with that resume in front of you. So I haven't been on a a job interview in, in, in a while, but I know if you get those basic questions that I feel like every employer asks, but if you're asking questions based personally from their resume, asking those questions, you're going to get some more information out of your candidates. And you can tell how the flow of the conversation is going, whether or not they're making themselves look a little bit better than what is on their resume, anything like Mm. that. So there's a lot of different ways that you can find out if they're lying. And it's really just having those conversations. It's so important. Then having a thorough background screening, because we can't ask in New York State anymore about a criminal background. We have to actually conduct the search. So Mm. I know in the past when you were able to, people would lie about that as well. So you always say you want to give people the benefit of the doubt, but you also almost don't want to trust people too much when they're first coming in for that initial interview, because it could put you at risk, your reputation at risk, your company at risk. So those are all things you have to think about. And I can imagine like when you're doing the background checks and uh, and background screenings or what have you, or reference checks, and you're calling the schools or the colleges to see if they actually did the course or what have you, imagine that you're not too concerned about the grade per se. You Mm -hmm. just want to know whether they took the course and they actually graduated. The mark that they got is not indicative of whether they got it or not. It's just a matter of, did, did they actually do it? Yeah. We don't even ask that question. We don't care. Employers don't typically ask us to say, what was their GPA? We Mm. want to know, did they attend this college or university? What year did they graduate? And I know sometimes that's off. That's not going to be a a deciding factor because I always forget what year I graduated. (laughs) It was so long ago, it feels like. And then what degree did they earn at that specific university, college, whatever? Mm. So those Mm. are the three main questions we're going to ask every single time. That makes total sense to me uh, because you want to see if they actually went there. Mm -hmm. That would tell me as well as an employer, if they're attended their courses, that means they passed. That means they went on a regular basis. So that means that they made a commitment to the course. So that would tell me that if we're hiring them, that they're good with commitment and Mm -hmm. showing up on time and stuff. Because if you're not showing up on time for your courses, I believe most universities, they'll give you a certain amount of time to show up. And then after a while, if you don't show up, then 
you're done. You're done. <laughs> well, if you miss, I can't remember even remember the numbers, but let's just say you miss five classes. Even if you showed up after the five, there's no way you're going to pass. So absolutely, you know, it's, it's making a commitment and showing up on time and, and doing it. So that's a good start, as I can see, for an employer is seeing that. In, yeah, in, yeah, in for sure. Do you think that people actually understand the consequences of lying on your resume? No, I really don't. I don't think people understand the consequences. And they might think, oh, I just won't get the job, let's say. That's not the only consequence. First of all, it's a serious character flaw, if you ask me. If you find that somebody had lied on their resume, that's a huge character flaw. And obviously you would not want them working for your company. But also there can always be legal ramifications depending Mm. on the lie, the extent of the lie. Don't forget when you have a resume, that is a document. That is a legal document. It could damage the reputation of the person applying as well as what if that person gets hired and they find out later that person actually lied on their resume because they can see by what they're doing, their work, that they actually don't have the skills to complete the job that they are hired for. So it could damage the company's reputation Mm because now you're sending this person out who represents your company. They could lose licenses. For example, like when I was selling insurance, I had to have specific licenses. Mm -hmm. You could lose your licenses that, and these tests are very hard. They're not easy tests. So there is a lot of consequences to lying on your resume, not only for yourself, but for the company. Again, the company should be doing their due diligence to making sure that everything on there is correct. I think people honestly think if they find out, I just won't get the job. It's no big deal. I'll move on to the next one. And there's so much more to it. So much more. Mm-hmm. I love so when you said bad it's idea, people. A bad oh, idea. <laughs> a bad idea for sure. I love when you said a serious character flaw mm-hmm. because when you were doing a interview with somebody, you're looking at the soft skills and the hard skills. And a lot of companies in the, the soft skills are looking for is character. So if you could tell someone's lying right away in the resume, that's huge character flaw in the individual and I could see a company would be like how can I have this person be part of my company and work with the values of our company when they can't even be honest right from the get-go so I would definitely be weary of their character and their judgment on that for sure so I totally agree with you on that and let's face it too when you're going to an interview in person, whether it's in person, on Zoom, you are your best. You Mm. are dressed to the nines. You look professional. You think you're giving all the right answers. Like everything is you're putting your best face, I always say, forward when you're going Mm. on interviews. Obviously, because you want to make that good first impression. But that's why I also said it's important to ask those specific questions right off the resume. Mm. Really dig a little bit deeper. Get to know the person that's sitting in front of you. There's so many little signs. Like if they're answering a question, let's say about education, and they start touching their face, they're probably lying. (laughs) There's little things. There's little things you can catch in interviews. I've interviewed 
a ton of people where I've picked up on certain things. That's why I always say you want to really know your candidate. You're not asking them questions like you just did with me. I didn't feel like you were prying into my personal life. You're just wanting to get to know me just to see who I am and what I do. So I think interviews should be conducted the same way. Yeah. You're building rapport with that candidate. I'm huge on rapport. Mm -hmm. So I think when you're going in there, you're having a conversation with that candidate and the company is seeing if they could build rapport with that candidate and the candidate is seeing in turn if they can build rapport with this company and their leader and their team and their co-workers. So it's a two-way street there. If you're not going to be honest right from the beginning, there's just going to be issues. And, and like you said, people can see it and it's just going to be a difficult situation for you. So yeah. why put yourself through it? And let's face it too, the, the candidate's probably interviewing the person who's interviewing them. So it could go both ways. One of the biggest things I always say is when they say, do you have any questions? Always ask a question. Mm-hmm. Always ask a question because that's going to allow you to feel if you're going to be a good fit for them, but are they going to be a good fit for you? Right, so right. it does go both ways for sure. Absolutely. Crystal, if you could choose one word to describe yourself, what word would that be? That's an easy one. Positive. I try oh, to I find positive in every single thing, good or bad. I'm always trying to find the silver lining. I always say that there's always a silver lining. There's always a silver Mm. lining. There's a lesson to be had from this. And people do say that about me as well, that I just find positive in a lot of things. I've been on crutches for 19 days. Guess what? (laughs) I'll find a pilot. Like you said, I have people waiting on me. I have a driver. But yes, I think if you go through life thinking positive, doing positive things, nothing can be that bad. Nothing can really be that bad. I had lost my mother a few years ago as well. And she was my best friend. But I knew she was no longer suffering. She had a brain tumor. Like I had as much as I love and missed her, I had to find what that silver lining was. Mm -hmm. So it's just, if you do that, life is easier. It is so Mm -hmm. much easier. I agree with you 100%. I lost both my parents. And I find that it was obviously, it's always tough. Absolutely. But I find when I think of them, it's positive because there's a smile. And if I'm mm-hmm. telling a story about them, it's positive. And it makes me feel good to tell those stories because it's something that I learned from them or something that we did or a funny experience or time that we had. So I agree with you that there's always a positive to everything. We just don't know what it is, but we just have to, like you said, find a silver lining to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they say life isn't always easy as we know. We went through a lot in the past few years with COVID and deaths Mm -hmm. and, but you have to find a way to get through it and you have Mm -hmm. to surround yourself with those positive people because you can be the most positive person in the world, but have just people surrounding you toxic you're never going to be able to be positive. So it's who you surround yourself with, Mm. how your outlook on life is. We're all going to make mistakes. If you don't learn from those mistakes, then you can't grow. Mm. You have to learn from them. You have to be able to pick yourself up and move forward. Yesterday already happened. Tomorrow's not here yet. We have today. Mm. That's how I live. I agree with you 100% on surrounding yourself with the right type of person that's going to be part of your values. I always say to myself, when it's misaligned with my values, it's a no. 
So that would be the people that I surround myself with or what I'm doing or what have you. If it doesn't go with what I'm looking to do or doesn't go what I believe in firmly in my heart, soul, and being, it's a no. Yeah. Yeah. And And it took uh, me a long time to get there. This wasn't something I was born with. It took a lot of lessons. It took a lot of life lessons to get there and realize that, hey, this probably isn't the best idea or this isn't the best person to have in my life. Again, you don't expect anyone to just wake up one day and just have that. It's a learning experience and a learning curve and the people you surround yourself with. My parents used to say, you are your friends. So the people you hang out with, you're going to be lumped in with what type of people they are. And I was mm-hmm. like, whatever. We don't want to listen to our parents, do we? Mm-hmm. But they're right. Mm-hmm. My Absolutely. mother was always right. I will say that. <laughs> yes, I, I totally agree. I think they all are. I think they know what they're talking about for sure. Now I just have to make sure my kids listen to this and say, yeah, mom, you're right. <laughs> Any final thoughts today? This was a lot of fun. I appreciate you, Andrew, asking me to be on this. And my final thoughts are just really like I said earlier, go with your gut. Like you're going to get a good feeling with who you have in front of you during interviews, during that interview process. If it feels off, it probably is for a reason. And just keep the path, keep the path, keep going, doing what makes you happy. We talked about that, you being stuck in a career that makes you unhappy. I'll be 46 years old next year. And I started a new career a year and a half ago. Okay. Some people think, oh, I'm in my 40s. I can't change. You absolutely can. You can change in your 40s, 50s, 60s. This past year, I was doing, I have a side job where I do fireworks. I work for a company called Santori's World Famous Fireworks. So I actually do pyro indoor and stuff like that. We were at a college graduation and there was a woman there and I believe she was 91. I think she was the oldest person to graduate college in that in the school's history. So come on, anybody can do it at any time. It's true. I will tell you this story and I will tell you my final thoughts. There was a story of a woman that I heard about who was in her 90s and she decided that she wanted to go back to school to have a degree. And this person that told the story said that They were going to school at the time and they couldn't figure out like, why is this person going to school? Like they're in their nineties. So after a year or two, she finally got the courage to ask her, Hey, can I ask you something? Why are you studying? And she said, I don't know how much time I'm going to be on this earth and I don't have a degree. That's amazing. And she just stopped in her tracks and, Oh, Okay, I didn't expect that answer. Yeah. But what a great answer. Absolutely. She saw this as a privilege. Yeah. Yeah. She saw yeah. that as a privilege and something she wanted to accomplish. It's never yeah. too late. Never nope, too late. It's, it's never too late. Don't worry. Yeah. So I wanted to take the time to thank you for coming on. I really felt like this was such a, an amazing conversation. So fun to have. So important something that people don't probably think about in a lot of cases. So I just think it was super. And I want to thank you for coming on. We had a couple conversations over the phone and I talked about people that have the same values as me as people that I want to be connected with. And I knew instantly the first time I spoke with you on the phone that this is somebody that I wanted to be connected with. This is somebody that I wanted to talk to. This is somebody that I wanted to work with because they just seem to have the same values as I have. 
And I just thought you were just a tremendous individual. And I'm just so happy that you had said yes to me to come on today because it was a really great conversation. So thank you. Yes, it was my pleasure, Andrew. It was a lot of fun. I was honored that you asked me to be on this. And I agree with you. I feel like our first conversation, we definitely aligned as far as our values and what we want to accomplish. So I appreciate it so much and allowing me to have this opportunity to come on here and talk a little Mm -hmm. bit about the business I'm in and what I'm looking to do. And anyone, honestly, that just wants to learn a little bit more about any type of background screenings, anything when it comes to that, they can just reach out to me and I am going to just have a conversation. I know people get scared of salespeople. I'm not that sales girl. I want to have a conversation and educate them on what to look for or what types of screenings they should be doing just so they know I'm not a scary sales girl. Okay. (laughs) I will agree with her on that. She is not scary at all. On behalf of myself and my guest, Crystal, I'd like to thank you all for listening and joining us today until next time. Be safe. And remember everyone that if we all work together, we can accomplish anything. Absolutely. You have been listening to let's be diverse with Andrew Stout. To stay up to date with future content, hit subscribe 